It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. How many of you have heard the expression, or maybe, I'm not going to ask you to say, but just in your, maybe you've even said the expression, people don't like change. Has anyone heard that expression, people don't like change? Yeah, it's become a bit of a cliche. And, and I'm on record on multiple occasions as calling that out as being largely not actually true. I mean, think about this. If tomorrow you got a phone call 10 a.m. from some lawyer somewhere and they said, hey, listen, your great, great uncle Rick has just passed away and he's left you $20 million. And you're like, I didn't even know I had a great, great uncle Rick. Well, you did and he just died and he didn't have family of his own. So he's left you $20 million. If it's true that you don't like change, then you better not take that $20 million because something's about to change for you if you do. But the thing is, we do like change some of the time. So I think that maybe the more accurate expression is that some people don't like some change. And one of the, one of the reasons that, that some people don't like some change tends to be able to be traced back to this idea of a loss of familiarity, a, a loss of uh, control, a loss of this is where I am and now I'm being sort of forced, I didn't vote for this, uh, forced into this and I'm not sure I wanna let go of that familiarity. And that kind of tunnel of chaos and that dis, uh, dis, the decoupling of those two things, I think that's where a lot of people get a little bit uh, stuck and, and find themselves feeling a little bit turbulent. But here's the thing, change is gonna come our way, whether we like it or not, whether we set it up or not, whether we voted for it or not, I mean, if the last 12 months has taught us anything, it's that things are gonna change and we, in many cases, don't have any say in it. Anyone heard of a thing called a global coronavirus pandemic started about 12 months ago, has affected everyone? We didn't vote for that, but it's brought about change. It's brought about enormous change in, in areas and ways that we didn't even see coming over the horizon. With that and, and, and for other reasons, there's political tensions in, in numerous countries and we're either in those countries or we're exposed to the news about those. And by the way, it gets exhausting watching some of that stuff. Economies and jobs have been seeing a roller coaster ride in many countries, including Australia. Uh, racial injustice and the protests that have been generated by the racial injustice, that has come to the forefront, thankfully, by the way, in the last 12 months. Uh, but we didn't vote for any of those things, but they've come and we've had to be adaptable. We've had to kind of go with that. But here's one thing, and this is what I wanna talk about today. There is one thing that never changes. There's one thing that's always reliable. There's one thing that's always dependable. There's one, th there's one and in fact, it's not a thing, it's a who, and that's God and who God is. That, that when anything or even everything changes, the one thing, the one person is God and who God is. And so five weeks ago, we launched this series, What Are You Expecting? And it comes from something that God actually said about himself. 
Now, when someone tells you something about themselves, maybe the source isn't, you know, you sort of have to check, is it true, is it not? But I'd like to think that when God says something about himself, it's like, okay, I think we can probably take his word for it. Um, and this thing that he declared about himself, it, it actually has become like a greatest hit in the Old Testament, the old part of the Bible. It's, just, it's been on endless repeat because God didn't just want the original audience to know these things about him. He wanted subsequent generations and the next generation and the next generation and us in 2021 to know these things about who he is. And really these things that he declares about himself are either gonna be in the category of did you know or don't forget. Whichever camp you are in, did you know? I didn't know. Wow, that's breaking news for me. Or uh, yeah, I kind of did, but sometimes I forget. Either way, let's bank these into who we are and our understanding of who God is. And this is what he said about himself. He turned up to Moses, Moses was leading the nation of Israel at the time from captivity towards the promised land. God shows up, like, hello, Moses, Yahweh here, the Lord, the God of compassion, number one, and mercy. I'm slow to anger. I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. And so we've drilled into each of these first four things, that God's a God of compassion, that he doesn't just send us thoughts and prayers but he actually inserts himself into our narrative and he's willing and able to help those of us who need help in areas of our lives. A God of mercy, or we said grace, or we said favor, that, that God actually wants to give his kids a leg up. Week three, Stevie Hall talked about patience, that in a cancel culture, where you do something wrong and some people wanna cancel you, God never cancels us. Great news. Even the dumbest things that we may have said and done, God doesn't cancel us. He's slow to anger. He's filled with unfailing love. We talked about that last week, looking at some of the high points of the life of a guy named Joseph, where Joseph, at face value, it looked like God had lost his number on multiple occasions, that he was alone, that he was abandoned, that he was helpless, that it was kind of the end of the line for him. And yet God continued to insert himself into Joseph's narrative and demonstrate unfailing love towards him, which every single time took something that was intended to harm Joseph and actually weaved it and made it into something good in and through Joseph's life. And I wanna talk about the fifth one here, which actually brings all of the other stuff together. This idea that God is faithful, because by the way, if he's not, then the other four should read something like, I am sometimes the God of compassion, sometimes the God of mercy, sometimes I'm slow to anger, sometimes I'm filled with unfailing love, full stop. But he makes sure we understand and faithfulness, meaning you don't have to worry about which side of the bed God gets out of in the morning. Because he's gonna be the same yesterday, today, and forever because he's faithful. A number of years ago, uh, some friends of ours, they invited us out for a day on their boat uh, on the river and uh, included some water skiing. Now, I'm not, if, I don't know if you've been water skiing before or not. I had not been water skiing before or not. But here's what I quickly discovered. The sport of water skiing, the learning curve is incredibly steep. 
You have, you, you are, there is no kind of beginner's course for this. You're behind a big boat. You're on the end of a rope. You're, you're sitting on some skis and you've never done this before. And that boat must actually get up to a certain speed for this whole kind of thing to work. They can't just putter along at one kilometer an hour because you've got your L plates on. No, they have to get up to the same speed as you would for just about anybody. And so it was my turn and I got the skis in and, and you sort of sit back and this and that and you got the skis pointing up and then they said, grab the end of the rope and then they said, ready? Three, two, one. And it's boom. Like they have to get up to the velocity in a very short sp space of time. And you have to have mastered in that window mastered every aspect of water skiing. Lean back, lean forward, do this. Don't, don't lock your arms out, relax your shoulders, bend your elbows, bend your knees. Don't. Well, let me, let me, let me say it, it's, it's, look, it's harder than it looks, okay? <laughs> Speaking from experience, it's harder than it looks. The reason I know this is because within a split second, I was what skiing world referred to as having a garage sale which means there is stuff everywhere. I've got one ski over there. I've got the other ski over there. I have several limbs in that direction, others pointing in that direction. It's a miracle I can still walk today. Uh, I was garage sailing, and, and here's the thing. And, and, and I, but I kept going. Now, by going, I'm meaning like this way, head first, feet back, and no skis to be sought. And, and some of you that are, that are compassion and are laughing with me, not at me, um, you're, thinking, you're thinking to yourself, well, wh wh why, why didn't you let go? Or, or wasn't someone on the boat calling out to you to let go? Well, the thing is, I don't know if someone was calling out to me to let go because I couldn't hear them because my head was underwater. <laughs> and I didn't let go. I don't know why. I thought things are just going to turn around for me any minute now. which is a rookie mistake when it comes to water skiing. The second you're garage sailing, let go. However, it is the exact opposite when it comes to God. That God would say to us, never let go of me because I will never let go of you because I'm faithful. And if you hold on to me, I can hold everything together for you even while things are falling apart because I'm faithful. God's faithfulness can hold you together when things are falling apart. Let me share with you something that the writer of Deuteronomy, which is again one of the early books in the old part of the Bible, and, and they, they themselves declared something about God, that he is the rock. Now, I know some of you thought Dwayne Johnson was the rock, and he is, but God's the OG rock. He was the original rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is, and this is the word again, a faithful God who does no wrong, how just and upright he is. And this word picture of God being the rock, that would have been so meaningful to the people in that time. That would have said to them that, because they, they would have associated a rock, the rock, as things like something that you can hide behind, like a fortress, and so if you say God's the rock, they would have said, wow, that's, a, that's great. God actually will protect me when I need protection. They would have also realized that a rock is something that you build on if you're wise. 
And in fact, thousands of years later, Jesus told a story. And he told a story, it was a fictitious story, but it was told to make the point about two people that chose to build a house. Now, in this kind of building story that he talks about, pretty much everything was the same between these two people. Similar places on earth, similar times, similar style of houses. However, one of these people chose to build their house on the foundation of sand while the other chose to build their house on the foundation of rock. And so there they go, finished houses. You know, finished houses, oh, beautiful. Invite the family over, come and see my new house. People come and see their new house, which is great in fair weather circumstances. But then Jesus makes the point that a, that a storm came along, a, a, a damaging storm came, or potentially damaging storm came along. So here we have, on the surface, the exact same houses, the difference being one chose to build their foundation on shifting sand, the other one on the rock, the storms came, and the one on shifting sand was destroyed. Same storm, the one built on the rock stayed. And so the call for us is as we get to understand God is faithful, that we can hold on to Him, we can build our life onto Him. And not only can we, this is one of those, you kind of should, you kind of order, like that's the wise thing for us to do. And so my encouragement to us, if you wanna move into the next season, even though, by the way, some of us are having a great season right now, some of us maybe not, some of us may be having a mountaintop in one or more aspects of our life, but some valleys in other aspects of our life, which is kind of actually more realistic. Regardless of the circumstances, which can be ever-changing, if we want to, if you want to move into the next season of your life with more peace, more joy, less inner turmoil, then the pro move is for us to stand on God's faithfulness because he declares about himself that he is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anyone familiar with the term gaslighting? Have you ever come across the term gaslighting? Let me catch you up if you missed it, it's okay. Uh, it's not a new term, but it's kind of risen to prominence recently, and you can Wikipedia its etymology. Uh, but, but the big idea of gaslighting is somebody telling you something that they know is not true, but they try to tell it to you in a way that's going to convince you that it actually is true. And they might use some emotional manipulation. They might just use repetition, badgering. No, it's true. No, it's true. No, it's true. Uh, to the point where if they do their gaslighting job well, even though at the beginning of the process you knew it wasn't true, you found yourself thinking, hmm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is true. You start to question the facts. You try to think maybe there are alternate facts. And this idea of gaslighting plays out in all sorts of arenas. But here's the thing. God never gaslights. When he says something, we can, we can take it to the bank that it's true, especially when he says something about who he is. And when he says he's a God of compassion and mercy and slow to anger and full of unfailing love and faithfulness, he's not gaslighting us. We don't have to sit and wonder, is it true? I'm not sure. I've heard differently that God is going to de declare the truth about who he is. One of the ways this plays out is in a thing called a covenant. Now, that's not a word I'm sure many of us have used in an 
conversation recently. Anyone throwing that into a dinner party chat? In, no, yep, no, oh, Nikki, okay, well, fair enough. But uh, the rest of us plebs, uh, we probably haven't used it. But God, see, we talk about God's promises and he's got a lot of them and, and they're bankable because he's faithful. But then there's this whole nother level of thing that actually is like a promise on steroids. It's like a promise plus. It's called a covenant. And this is one of the definitions of a covenant, an agreement which brings about a relationship of commitment between God and his people. And a couple of the important things to note about why this is described as a covenant and not just a promise is that a covenant is always initiated by God and it's always guaranteed by God. See, we as humans, we do promises. We do promises with our words and sometimes we don't keep them. We do promises, we take it up a level, we shake on it. Like, that's gonna make much of a difference. It's a handshake gentleman's agreement. Okay, but you can still break that. I'm not saying you should, but I'm just saying you can. Or then we take it up to another level, we put it in writing. And we call it a contract. Yeah, well, if that's so binding, why are there courtrooms around the world clogged up with people disputing about whether they made good on this legally binding contract? That's, that's us. That's us at our best. At our best, we can't always keep our word, our promise, our contract. Then there's this whole nother level, a covenant. A covenant that God initiates and that God guarantees. The unfailing God initiates. The unfailing the faithful God guarantees. And because he initiates it, it's a good idea. Better than anything we could come up with. And because he guarantees it himself, it's better than any handshake contract. It's a covenant. And his first covenant is something that he actually um, initiated with a guy called Abraham. I don't have the time to go into this, although if I did, you'd be impressed. Uh, Essentially, it boils down to God through Abraham declared that he will be God to the nation of Israel and they will be his people. And God initiated it and God said, I'm gonna guarantee it. And to this day, the Jewish faith still hold to that very covenant that God initiated thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. We today, as followers of Jesus, we have access to a new covenant that was actually initiated by Jesus. And the way this happened, and, and, I'll, and I'll read it to you from something that Luke recorded from the eyewitnesses, is this is around what we now call the Last Supper. Jesus is gathered with his closest 12, and he's telling them that he's about to be killed, and that when he is killed, he's gonna die, he's gonna be put into a tomb, he's gonna rise again, his body's gonna be shed, his blood's gonna be poured out for them. And he said this to them. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup, is the new covenant. And they were all people of Jewish faith. They would have known what the old covenant meant between God and Abraham and the people of Israel. Jesus now steps up and says, well, this is actually a new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice from you. Jesus is initiating and Jesus is guaranteeing. And if he's faithful, then we can bank on this 100% of the time. Jesus initiated it and Jesus guaranteed it, which is 
so much better than if it was just your best idea or my best idea or your best efforts or my best efforts. Like I'm gonna guarantee this as best as I can. And, 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 and then you're like, well, I wonder how long until I screw this up. I came across what I consider to be a freakishly honest social media post recently. This is what someone put up. It wasn't me, but it, it kind of could have been. I've been a Christian for 5,423 days. And I've been unfaithful to Jesus in each of those 5,423 days. But he's been faithful to me in each of those 5,423 days. Jesus has chosen not to remember my sins and I've chosen not to forget his faithfulness. So let me land this with three of Marco's pro tips for how we can remember God's faithfulness. Number one, look back. If you've been a follower of Jesus for some time, and I realize not all of us have, but if, if you have, then it's almost guaranteed that God has been faithful to you at some point or at some points in your past. And if God's the same yesterday and today and forever, then the same God that's been faithful to you in the past is actually willing and able to be faithful so this is how we build our faith because we say, well, in this current circumstances, is God gonna come through for me? And we can look back to think, well, yeah, actually, I remember that time when he did. And so, yeah, we can expect God's faithfulness today. We can expect God's compassion, favor, patience, unfailing love today if we've experienced that in the past. Second of Marco's pro tips is to look up. Like, God, what are you doing today? Like regardless of the circumstances I'm in, good, bad, ugly, or a combination of all three, look up, God, what are you doing? What, what, what is it you want me to see that, that's gonna be a highlight and a reminder of your faithfulness in my life today? And by the way, that will actually be a beacon to the people around you who then are often facing circumstances and wondering how it is that you've got peace and joy in your life, even though, some of this other stuff spinning out for you. And then finally, look ahead. What could God do with the dreams he's put in your heart? What could God do with the promises that he's, that he's declared to you? What could God do with some hopes that, and, and, and visions and future that you're actually angling towards and wondering, if God's faithful, then the same God that was faithful in your past the same God that's demonstrating faithfulness today is waiting to demonstrate his faithfulness in your future. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.